Think for a moment about all the things that you know, not from your own experience, but by testimony. Somebody told you about them. Virtually everything we know about history, for example, we know because others have written it down, and they've given us an account of past events, and we trust them. I had an art teacher in college who liked to say that if we learned everything by experience, most of us would die from mushroom poisoning. How do we know that some mushrooms are poisonous? Because someone told us, and we believe them. Here's a more troubling example of knowledge by testimony. What we know about current events is from the reports of anchormen and journalists. This raises an important point. The knowledge that we have from testimony is only as good as the trustworthiness of the source. When assessing someone's testimony, we check carefully, we should check carefully, to see whether that person is reliable. In other words, the character of the messenger, of the person testifying, is really important. John the Baptist is one of the most important persons in the New Testament precisely because he bears testimony to Christ as the Messiah. He gives Jesus his first disciples. What we discover as we look more closely at John's career is that he was widely known to be trustworthy. His character was absolutely unassailable. He spent a lifetime meditating on the scriptures and living a manifestly holy life. People of all kinds were fascinated by him. Roman soldiers went to him to hear him speak and ask his advice. Herod's career was nearly derailed because of John's public criticism, because that meant so much. The historian Josephus tells us that John's arrest happened because Herod feared that his criticism and his popularity could lead to an uprising. Lots of people believed John. John insisted on personal integrity. This is his message. Prepare the way of the Lord by leading an upright life. He drew bands of disciples to him. And he didn't do this for personal gain. For the sake of God's kingdom is why he acted as he did. And this detachment, this lack of personal investment, was part of his integrity. This meant that when the Lamb of God appeared, John was ready to point to him. You see, he, he points to him up here on the icon. He points to him and he sends his own disciples to follow Jesus. These disciples included St. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter. So John was preparing people to be ready to receive Christ and to recognize him when he came. John himself testifies to Christ so that others can see and follow him. And in all of this, John provides a really important example for us. In his years in the wilderness, meditating on God's prophecies, John learns under the teaching of the Holy Spirit how to live an upright life in the truth, how to speak the truth. This is harder than it looks. Uh, it's easy to mislead ourselves by unexamined ideas that we have. John's meditation and personal purification of his motives, of his heart, teaches him how to recognize the signs of Christ's coming and his presence. 
We live in a world where many people have forgotten about Jesus Christ and his message of hope, redemption, forgiveness, the promise of eternal life. Oftentimes when we lament this reality, our first response is to think about organizing. It's kind of a political response. There must be a movement or a program I can join or I can start to get things going and get the church back where she needs to be. But the start of any renewal, as we see in monastic history over and over again, is first to check our own reliability as witnesses. Am I a reliable witness to Jesus Christ? Christ actually hasn't gone anywhere. He's still with us. Uh, he's, he's waiting to be found at any moment. But do we see him in his daily coming? Do we see him in our neighbor, in the guest, in the poor, in the superior of the monastery? If we don't, perhaps we can ask John to point to him. What John tells us is that we can prepare ourselves for this daily advent of Christ and learn to recognize him by first withdrawing into the desert of our own hearts and there meditating on God's prophecies, purifying our hearts, clearing away all the distractions, clearing away all that's untrue. And when it does come time to point others to Christ, which we are called to do, again, how strong will I be as a witness? Am I known to be truthful and trustworthy, disinterested, Am I a credible source of information for others? Or do I risk making the gospel less credible by my sins or by imprudence or gullibility? Perhaps John is exactly the saint we need today to prepare again a way for the Lord. Maybe we can learn to leave behind the unreliable information we get from the media and elsewhere and go out to the wilderness every day where John will teach us again to see Christ passing by. There he is, the Lamb of God. He's in our midst. And we can learn to say with John, Christ must increase, I must decrease. One last important example of John's witness. John tells us that he rejoices when he sees Christ coming. Christ uh, is the bridegroom and John is his friend. And he rejoices to see the bridegroom receiving his bride, the church. This narrow path of self-denial and witness to Christ will eventually be a path of joy. It will make us fearless witnesses after the pattern of John, the forerunner and herald of salvation. Blessed are we, my brothers and sisters, to celebrate the life of this great man today.